Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined the studio here by Shane Ambrose. And of course, uh, welcome again to our guest, Father Luke McNamara. He's a monk of Glenstall since 1998, I believe, and also lectures in scripture in St. Patrick's College in Maynooth. Good morning again, Father Luke. Good morning, John. <coughs> Thank you very much, Nate, for joining us. Now, uh, listeners might remember this time last year, we also had a conversation with Father Luke. And Shane, um, yourself and uh, Father Luke, really led us through Advent and the meaning of Advent and maybe ideas we should take on board in Advent. Where would you like to go, Shane? Sure, John. As you said, uh, so Advent is is coming up. Today, of course, is Christ the King. It is the last Sunday of the Church's liturgical year. So next week, next Sunday, is the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent, of course, is very much uh, a season in itself. And sometimes it's the forgotten season uh, in terms of the church's year. So this morning, we wanted to talk to uh, Father Luke uh, just in terms of what Advent is about, the different meanings of Advent, and I'll get kind of to explain for ourselves what Advent is, but also, um, to, and also in terms of as a period of preparation for Christmas, because there is something, Glenstall are helping, um, are, are, are proposing something to help people in terms of their preparation for Advent as well. So Father Luke is going to tell us about that. But Father Luke, it's great to have you back on the programme this morning. And I suppose in advance, advance of next Sunday I was going to say Happy New Year but we're not quite there just yet Well it's quite appropriate to say Happy New Year because for the church we will be in a new year mm. come the first Sunday of Advent so in a sense it is a new year for us <clears throat> and the 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 whole purpose of Advent isn't simply a preparation for Christmas it, because there's actually two parts to Advent the first part of Advent is we, we're not looking to the coming of Christ at Christmas, but we're looking to the second coming of Christ at the end time. And it's only in the second part of Advent that we actually look forward to Christmas. Mm. Now, many of your listeners might wonder, why mm. would we would we we'd be looking to the end coming of Christ? And sure, that's a long way away. But in one sense, every year it comes nearer. And every year it comes nearer for each of us. And it also attunes us to expecting Christ. And so we, by the practice of expecting Christ in the first half of Advent, we're ready then to re-expect or to, to expect anew the coming of Christ at Christmas, which otherwise could be just like a birthday that comes around every year. Mm. But we're not, it's not simply a birthday. It's the coming of Christ into the world. And it's not a coming of the Christ into the world 2000 years ago, but it's the coming of Christ into the world in 2018. So in a sense, to be to be attuned to that, we need to reset our clocks. And the series uh, of talks at the Abbey this year are entitled Tuning In to Real Time. So getting in touch with where we are in relation to Christ and where we are in relation to each other and to the world. And there's been much talk recently about the hour changes that we have twice a year mm. in in October and then in March. And there's talk that we're going to get rid of those. And in a sense, uh, it would be very convenient. But those hour changes remind us of the movement of time and kind of are a wake up call to us of the passage of time and of our place in that cycle of time. And Advent is really a moment for us 
to become aware of our place in time and of, aware of where we are. So it's, 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 it's a very opportune moment, a very special moment for us to kind of recalibrate, to get in touch with ourselves and prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ at Christmas, but also the coming of Christ into our lives. And there's a lovely line from one of uh, our Benedictine sisters, Sister Maria Boulding in England, who says, what's the point in preparing for the coming of Christ at Christmas if Christ doesn't come to me? And I think it's very just. So it's a very it's a very uh, good way of speaking about the preparation function of Advent, that we don't simply prepare for Christ to come into the world, wonderful and all as that is, but that Christ should come to each of us into our hearts and into our homes. And we speak at this time of year of gifts, of many gifts, and Christ comes with many gifts at Christmas. And the the Sundays of Advent, everybody would probably be aware of the Advent wreath that we have in most parishes. And the Advent wreath has four candles. What people may not be so aware of is that each candle symbolizes has a, symbolizes something. The first symbolizes hope. That's the first Sunday of Advent where we look in hope to the coming of Christ. The second symbolizes peace. The third joy and the fourth love. And these are the gifts that come with the coming of Christ. And so when we, we know from the Gospel of Luke, we, we know from the Song of the Shepherds, and I bring you news of great joy and so on, peace to the world and, and so on. The, the, these these um, themes come from, from the Gospel, but they are symbolized by the candles and our expectation grows as each symbol is set alight. And as you said, I suppose many people would associate it um, with the church, with the churches. Um, but of course, it's not just confined. Uh, it's not just confined to churches. People can actually set up their own little Advent wreaths in their in their own homes. Absolutely, <coughs> I think it's a very good practice to to set up an Advent wreath in one's mm. home. There, there, there are a number of ways that uh, people have prepared for Advent in their homes to be prepared more consciously. One is the Advent wreath and the other is the Advent calendar, where people have have a calendar with little boxes for each day. Mm. And each day marks is, 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 is there's a little passage of a very short passage of scripture and maybe also a little present or a little or a little uh, figure of a saint. Um, and some and on, on, on December 6th, that's a very favorite day mm-hmm. because there should be if the calendar is, is, is the regular one, there should be a piece of chocolate. So children often are very eager to open that day. Mm. But, but there are various ways of counting, but they're all good because they prepare us for the, to make us more conscious, more aware of the coming of Christ and as particularly of the gifts that he brings of hope, peace, joy and love. And as you said, it's, it's very much a season, I suppose. It's an opportunity for us <clears throat> if we consciously enter into the mindfulness of Advent to you know it, it it it's a way as you said both to prepare for that second coming but also in terms of the preparation for christmas because 
Of course, we live in a world where, you know, since last August, the Christmas things have started. Uh, and even here on the programme, John and myself, we have, we've refused to talk about the C word for as long as we possibly could get away with it. Um, you know, the C word being the Christmas. But I suppose, and, and to give Advent its own space and its own time. Because as you said, it's very much, it's a, it's, it's a time, it's a Kairos moment. It's a, it's a moment where we can, we can pause, I suppose, and so that we can fully experience the joy of that Christmas season. But I suppose that's, that was one of the things that struck me when I, when I was working in the Middle East. Among Orthodox Christians, uh, they have a mini Lent, if you like, in preparation for Christmas. And uh, uh, they've an extended, it's a six-week Advent period that they celebrate, but it's also a period of fasting. Uh, in That's preparation, great. in preparation for the big feast of Christmas, I think it's a great idea. Uh, you know that, and something maybe that we should think about. You know, in terms of being able to really savor the celebration, if you like. There's two points about that. The 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 fast that they have in the East is because there was a practice of baptisms on the sixth of January. And that was the reason why they had the fast. And that's still why we have the purple color in Advent. So it was it was a time of preparation for baptism. And then that was taken over as a, in a later moment as a time of preparation for for Christmas. So it's, it's quite interesting that you should mention that. And the East, of course, has been more conservative in, in, in keeping these practices than we have in the West. The, the other point about Advent is that when we uh, are expecting the coming of Christ, it's, it's some, Christ comes with not just hope, peace, joy and love, but he's also bringing justice into the world. And Advent, is a, like Lent, is a season of bringing justice into the world. And we look forward to the coming of Christ to establish justice in the world. And as we look around us, there's lots of injustice and wars in Yemen and beyond, but also injustices in our own country with homelessness and so on. So we, we recognize or we, 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 we recognize the greater need for the coming of Christ and his particularly in our own country as well. Um, and so we have this expectancy of Advent, not simply for 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 reasons of personal of, of to, to welcome Christ personally into our lives, but also to welcome into the world to bring peace and peace to all. The the Advent season has a number of key figures which help us to interpret this time of waiting. We have the prophet Isaiah who speaks of converting swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. And these are wonderful images where we have the weapons of war being transformed into agricultural tools which will provide food for people, for the hungry. And in there's a, a further wonderful thing that happens in that the tools, nothing is lost. The metal that was used to make the weapons is now reused for good. And in, a, in the same way, our gifts and our capacities in Advent, in this period of reflection, are meant to be transformed from being used for backbiting or whatever, to providing words of comfort and love and so on, to can transform all the gifts we have to be used for good. So Advent is a time of practice as well. And it's also a time of, it's also has that penitential flavor 
of turning once more to the Lord mm. and to each other in love. <laughs> the readings that we have actually prepare us um, for that, the readings over the three Sundays, and we at Glenstall are proposing to follow those three Sundays with uh, myself on the first Sunday, taking the, f- the first Sunday gospel from the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Jesse Rogers, who will take the second Sunday, my colleague in Maynooth, and finally, Padraig McIntyre, your neighbour over the border, he's a Kerry man, doing the third, uh, the third uh, Sunday gospel. On the third Sunday, there's also the opportunity to listen to the boys' choir on Sunday afternoon, and that will be at the earlier time of three o'clock. The other talks will take place at 4.30 in the, in the library. So the, the, the first uh, Sunday, we will be taking our theme as uh, reset your clock and we will be watching and praying as, as we are invited, as Jesus invites his disciples in the gospel for the coming of Christ. In the second Sunday, we'll be speaking of John the Baptist as a prophet for our time who speaks of peace and justice, not simply for uh, the final end time, but for now in Ireland today. And then finally, Padraig McIntyre will speak about divine hospitality offered and received, and he will take the story of the visitation of Elizabeth, Mary to Elizabeth. Um, and so that will, that will be the concluding one, which will point us towards the C word, point us towards Christmas, if I may quote Of it. course, of course. Now, it's interesting you said there, just in terms of, <clears throat> I suppose, um, at the beginning you were talking about Advent very much being a season of two halves, like a match, like a very good match, rugby match we had last weekend. We won't talk about that. Um, <clears throat> but also, um, it's as you said, it's a season very much with numbers of figures. So we, we, we've spoken about very much uh, John the Baptist is a figure that is very strong throughout the Advent period. Isaiah, the prophecies, and of course, obviously, the role of Mary um, is very key in in the advent in the advent in the advent period but of you know and it's it's what i love about it i have to say <clears throat> excuse me is that when you're moving through the days and you get to that third sunday in advent it's God, of course it's gaudate sunday and you had a great you had a great uh, description of it actually on the notes it was a hinge period of advent because things kind of kind of flip a, a little bit because you go from the from the the preparation for the second coming to more for the preparation for focusing on the on the coming at christmas and of course the great symbolism of that is represented by, of course, the switch to the O's, the great O antiphons, uh, which are the antiphons that are said at evening prayer or vespers, um, the the antiphon before the Magnificat, and they're special. Uh, they're special um, antiphons which are sung during the period from the 17th to the 24th of December. And just for our own listeners and readers on the blog, um, each year over the last number of years, we have posted the O antiphons on each day that they uh, that they arise with their own particular recordings. But they're great, um, meaningful, beautifully descriptive uh, antiphons, which have a lot of meaning and a lot of character. And I would have said, Father Luke, for you... As a monk in Glenstall, but of course the Oantiphons are very much associated with the divine office. They probably would they would it, would it be right to say that they probably are very special to monastic communities. Yes, the the final week before Christmas at Vespers, uh, every Vespers is solemn, every evening prayer is solemn, celebrated with candles and incense, 
and bells, and the 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 Magnificat antiphon is greeted with uh, incense, candles, and bells, and we have uh, a manuscript, uh, a beautifully uh, illustra- illustrated manuscript in in uh, a, a facsimile copy, which we use for the singing of the O antiphons, which is very very beautiful. So um, the O antiphons are are indeed monastic, and if you they are a compilation of quotations from the Old Testament tying in the expectation of our, the coming of, of our Lord at Christmas. And it's interesting that they, they, there's an anagram in reverse, that they, they, they speak of uh, the coming of Christ, Erocras. Ero is, it spells out in, in reverse. The first letter of each antiphon in reverse spells Erocras, which is, I will be tomorrow. So when you come to the 24th Christmas Eve, you, you have the final O antiphon and the key to the anagram is, is unlocked in a sense. And you can then, then you discover that I will be tomorrow and you sing that on the, on the Christmas Eve. So it's, it's very, very beautiful. Um, the, 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 whole, uh, the whole pattern of the antiphons has been very, very carefully thought out the modes of the antiphons are are very very joyous too. In fact, for those who are of you of your listeners who are musical, we have very special modes for Advent, which are much much more joyous than our regular modes. We have a lot of mode four of the eight modes, and uh, we have a lot of mode four, and um, and that is particularly joyous. So some of your listeners might like to come and and listen to the vespers during the Advent season, or they could connect on the web camera, because our our lauds, our morning prayer, our mass and evening prayer are on the web camera every day. And we have between two and 3,000 viewers each day. So uh, people in Newcastle West and beyond are very, very welcome to tune in as well. In, <clears throat> and I have to say myself, uh, I, I have been a beneficiary of that camera and it, it is a lovely way to join, the, uh, join in with the community, uh, particularly for Vespers or the Office of, of, uh, of Resurrection on a Saturday night. Um, in terms of the Advent season, I suppose, Father Luke, one of the other things I suppose that's associated with it is, is uh, the practical preparations that people might do in terms of, um, uh, I suppose, uh, welcoming Christ into our lives. So, as you said, it's a period which is associated often with um, penance, so to go for, for people to go to confession during the Advent period. Uh, is 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 highly encouraged, and of course, there's also um, the the tradition of the preparation of the crib. And you, you you had wanted to you had wanted to mention a couple of things about that. Well, I, I think just at at a very at the very simple way of preparing for Advent first might be to pray the Angelus. Uh, if if you haven't if you forget it from time to time to pray it regularly during Advent, because it is a very good Advent prayer, which we have all year round. Um, it because it, it is anticipating uh, the coming of Christ into the world. So for for a very practical uh, for a very practical preparation, uh, uh, the Angelus would be very good. And there we have the Annunciation and the Visitation uh, quotes from the Annunciation and the Visitation repeated in the in the invocations. But as regards the crib, the crib has been with us for almost eight hundred years in the West. And it was actually invented by St. Francis. And St. Francis uh, 
who lived at a time when there was a lot of pilgrimages to the Holy Land. And the pilgrims were coming back and they had seen um, enacted the uh, the uh, liturgy at, at, of Christmas in Bethlehem. And there they could see everything enacted and they wanted to repeat something of that liturgy in Italy. And so at Greccio, near where St. Francis was, there was, there was, a, there was a, a, a crib constructed, the first in 1223. And the, the people were able to pray and uh, the night vigil um, over, 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 overnight through, through having the crib there and then the readings accompanying them. So the, 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 the crib is populated by, by a lot of unusual characters. We have the shepherds, which come from the Gospel of Luke. We have the Magi, which come from the Gospel of Matthew. We have, of course, Mary and Joseph and the infant Jesus, um, but when Christmas comes. But we have also animals, the ox and the donkey. And you might ask, where are they? They don't appear in either Matthew or Luke's account. But, of course, Matthew and Luke are speaking about are, are have echoes to the Old Testament in their accounts. And at the Isaiah, uh, at the very beginning of his prophecy, speaks about the, the how Israel will not listen, but the ox and the donkey will to the coming of the Lord. So the presence of the ox and the donkey is a signal that our Saviour has come and are our saviors coming, and that they they are the first responders, if in a sense, to the coming of our Lord. So there's something very beautiful in that. As the first responders, unfortunately, Father Luke, time has caught up with us. I'm afraid. So on on, on this part of the program, so just to remind people again that uh, Advent at the Abbey is a series of three Sundays: uh, the December the second, December the ninth, and December the sixteenth. It'll be a series of reflections and uh, in, in tuning into real time is the theme. And it's being they're all held at the, the library at the Monastery in Glenstall at 4.30pm and to be followed by, by tea and coffee. The first Sunday is December the 2nd. It's Reset Your Clock. And it focuses on watch and pray, which Father Luke himself will will take. The second Sunday is December the 9th, a prophet for our time. It's a focus on John the Baptist, and it's going to be led by the scripture scholars, Dr. Jesse Rogers. And then finally, on the third, the third Sunday, which is December the 16th, uh, it focuses on divine hospitality offered and received and will be led by Padraig McIntyre. And obviously on the 16th of December as well, there's also the Abbey Carol service uh, from the, the boys in the school as well. So, Father Luke, thank you very much for sharing with us on Advent this morning. Great to have you back on the programme. And uh, hopefully a couple of people will uh, join us in terms of uh, attending and those at, at, at the Abbey. John, have we a piece of music? We have now. Just before we go for uh, just we go for before we go for that first bit of music. Thanks again, Father Father Luke, for for helping us all to maybe focus a little bit more on, on what Advent's all about. And I believe you're going to stay with us for the gospel. I will do. Yes, thank, thank, you, thank very, you very much. Thank you very much indeed. So in the meantime, we'll go for our second bit of music, which is "You Have Called Me" by Ronan and Joanne Johnson. So let's hear this. You have 
Sacred Space 